You're listening to Radio 1190, 1190 AM, KBCU, Boulder, Denver, 98.9 FM, Translator, K255DA, Boulder, and we're always on Radio1190.org, streaming wherever you are. My name's Lucy, I'm the news director, and uh, this week on campus is the Conference of World Affairs. Uh, It happens every year, and this year's the 71st, actually. It's been happening for quite a while. Um, And so you may have been hearing some of our interviews with some uh, conference attendees and panelists. (coughs) And this morning, I have Teresa C. Younger with me. She is the president and CEO of the Miss Foundation for Women. And she's going to talk with me about feminism, being a woman leader, and all that good stuff. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Lucy. I really appreciate it. And so... We were talking before, can you define feminism for me in your terms? Sure. Um, much of the work that the Ms. Foundation has been doing has been about how we shape the conversation, what the narrative looks like. And when I started at the Ms. Foundation almost five years ago, I started to ask that question because I myself was concerned about um, how, I, how I defined feminism and whether I was a feminist myself. And, uh, and, and given society and what I was seeing in front of me, which predominantly at the time were white middle-class women, I was not seeing myself as a black woman early in her career trying to figure out what to do. Um, so I went out on a listening tour, traveled around the country and started listening to people. And I heard all the reasons why people did not believe in feminism the way I wanted it to look. And so I thought I need to take a step back and have a conversation about what is a value. And for me, I define feminism as the social, political, and economic equality of all genders. And by saying all genders, we break out of a gender binary, assuming there are only men and women, um, and really make that conversation much more accepting. And um, by adding social, political, and economic, we're actually talking about the lives that we are are trying to strive uh, for equality and equity around. And so I... uh, I define that as feminism. Some people define that as other things. But for me, feminism is a social, political, and economic equality of all genders. And that really does bring people into a conversation around the world and the values we want to have. And I think it's interesting that you bring in this more intersectional idea is the term some people would use. Um, And before you came to the Miss Foundation, was that idea there of, of having... Uh, a more holistic idea of what feminism looks like Um, because like you say it's for all genders it's also for all races all classes all identities of all sorts Um, and what have you kind of had to adjust in the Miss Foundation as you've as you've done your work here in the past years yeah, that's a really great question. I think the Ms. Foundation has always centered itself on lifting up and amplifying the voices of women throughout the country. I think they've done a, a historically, you know, Gloria Steinem and Marie C. Wilson and my predecessors have done an amazing job about bringing women together and amplifying those voices. But I'm the second black CEO of the Ms. Foundation, the first in over 35 years. And so the reality of where we are in this moment in time means that I can hold a conversation that's a little bit different than what others have. And even though the Ms. Foundation is based in Brooklyn, New York, our, um, we have grantee partners 
all across the country, including here in Colorado. And I actually grew up in North Dakota. So I actually have a very diversified, unified experience as an Air Force brat that actually had me traveling around the world. So what I think I've done for the NIS Foundation and its leadership is shifted the conversation to be more inclusive, given the voice that I bring into the conversation and the areas where we can be. So many young women, young women of color, uh, many men, many trans folks, many LGBT folks did not see themselves, many people with disabilities did not see themselves in the work that we were doing. And I think what we've done is tried to open the door and hold it open for everybody to come into the conversation. And I've been very conscious and intentional about doing that. And how has that interacted with the Me Too movement, um, which initially was started by folks like Tarana Burke and Alyssa Milano um, and has since kind of evolved. And some people have said that it has been inclusive. Others have said it hasn't. Um, how has that intersected with your work at the Miss Foundation? So I think the work of the Miss Foundation is also to speak truth and truth to power. So we need to understand that Me Too started with Tarana Burke. And I know she'll be on campus next week, I believe. And, uh, and a recognition that Me Too was actually an opportunity for people not to have to tell every detail of their story. It was geared towards young women of color to be able to say, I have been sexually violated, abused, whatever, me too. It has been incorporated into a broader conversation now that looks at sexual assault and discrimination and harassment in the workplace, which is now with Alyssa Milano, who did talk to Toronto. So it's, it's, it's a broad conversation, but we need to understand history in everything we're doing. And one of the things that I think uh, I've tried to do at Ms. is speak honestly about our history that actually informs where we are today. Just because we learned about it two days ago or five days ago isn't actually an accurate depiction of what may have been the storyline. So I believe the voices of women, particularly women of color, have been left out of a conversation for a very long time. They've been marginalized and excluded. I think what Me Too has done and many of the movements that are going on right now is really asked us all to question who is telling the stories, who's, whose information is most valid, and how do we incorporate them, and what does that reflection look like? I think that's really interesting, especially given the current federal administration where we're seeing women's voices of all sorts, not just, uh, and uh, well, and rather especially women of color. Um, their voices are being silenced or not paid attention to. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a very literal making of history right now. Um, obviously, the 2020 presidential election will be really interesting to see how it all goes down. Mm -hmm. But for now, um, how has this current administration, as opposed to potentially the Obama administration, um, changed maybe your approach, if at all? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. It has totally changed our approach. Under the previous administration, there was a belief that women had a level of expertise in their lives that they could bring to the table. So at the Ms. Foundation for Women, we were able to bring our grantee partners from around the country to the White House to talk about the issues that were affecting the lives of women and their communities. They were the experts. They were doing and uh, experiencing and pushing the conversations in their local communities. They had a sense of expertise. Under the current administration, there's actually no recognition that women's voices matter. There's very little recognition that our lived experiences are true and worthy of being informed 
to the policies we want to make. And so I think with the administration itself, I think we're not getting heard. I think on the legislative side, there's a lot of movement given what we've seen in the number of women who were elected the last election cycle in the midterms. And not just in Congress and in Washington, D.C., but also in state houses around the country. You're listening to Radio 1190. My name is Lucy. I'm the news director, and I'm talking with Teresa C. Younger. Uh, she is the president and CEO of the Miss Foundation for Women. She's here on campus this week for the Conference on World Affairs. and. I wanted to ask you as well, um, I saw that you uh, were a, goal, a Girl Scout, you won the Gold Award, um, and you've been really involved in kind of these girls empowerment groups. Um, and I'm curious, a lot of people have said like, oh, why should we have like gendered empowerment groups? Like, why don't we just try and in- integrate everybody, um, boys and girls, in all of the things together? Um, like we see girls wanting to be accepted into the Boy Scouts of America. Um, What's your kind of perspective on that? Yeah, so I do believe we should have an integrated society. However, we need to do it with the recognition that it's a patriarchal environment that was not designed for or by women or for or by women of color. And so we actually do need safe spaces where our voices can be developed and heard. I believe strongly in the Girl Scouts. I was raised a Girl Scout. I earned my gold award. I was a Girl Scout leader. I was even the chair of a council, the Girl Scout Council in Connecticut. Um, And I've served on the national board. So I really do believe in um, same-sex education, single-gendered environments for both boys and girls. And um, and so I really do believe that we need to have spaces where girls can see women as leaders, where they can experiment and try new things and be challenged and continue to grow and learn. I think all of that is really important. Now, when it comes to the Boy Scouts wanting to include girls, fine. I don't really particularly think it matters. I think there are many opportunities Uh, And girls will stay Girl Scouts, and some girls will become Boy Scouts, and that will be fine. Um, I don't think we need to limit opportunities and say that's not right. I think it's unfortunate for the Boy Scouts, though. To be quite honest, I do believe that boys and young men need to have safe spaces. They need to be consciously taught and aware of the world around them. I think the Boy Scouts have a lot of work to do in being far more inclusive, and adding girls to the list is not what I'm talking about, right? Um, they have a history of being exclusive and uh, and not being inclusive of the LGBT community um, and other religious forms. So, you know, I, I, I think there's some other things they need to deal with. If girls want to join the Boy Scouts, all for it. But wouldn't it be also nice that boys could have a space where they had a rite of passage with a truly inclusive environment and role models that help them become uh, people who are working for gender equity at the end of the day and equality in our society? I think there are many young men and boys who uh, were Boy Scouts and who hold those values, but I'm not sure that those values are the things that I want. Um, but I don't, <coughs> I, I don't fault young girls and young women who want to go into that. I don't fault mothers or fathers who say they want their daughters to participate in that. What I would ask is how do we ensure safe spaces that are for and by girls and young women to be able to grow up and ask questions so that they have the strength, the identity, and the ability to go into a world that was not designed for them? You do some heavy work, (laughs) I have to say. 
it's true the world is patriarchal there's a lot of oppression and you think oh 2019 like we should be over this by now and should, should we though <laughs> i mean I, I think you know people say that to me a lot honestly they'll say like you know can you still believe we're having this fight well you know the universe has been around for a long time the country has been around for a long time um so i think we still need to do this because we actually haven't changed the systems that actually have gotten us to this point. And so we're going to have to keep fighting. What keeps you motivated every morning to like wake up into this world of like, there's so much to do. There's so much that needs to happen for equity to actually be the true reality. What, what keeps you going there? So uh, I'm an incredibly fortunate and privileged person that I get to travel around this country and meet really amazing and exciting young people, older people, elders, who, um, who are doing one thing every day, who are asking the question. So what gets me up are young people like you who are asking the question, like, how do we get there? We don't have to resolve all of the problems ourselves. If everybody took one thing and every day did one thing, then, and like literally everybody, boy, what would it mean? So we have to get to a point where everybody feels that they can do something and that they're not paralyzed by the significance or the overwhelmingness of it all. And, and, and that's what really gets me excited. I get to talk with people a lot and they're like, well, I can't do this, this, and this. And I'm like, but you can do this. You can care about the environment. You can understand that drinking water affects our reproductive health. You can, in, you can drive somebody to a rally. You can lift up a voice. You can ask a question in a situation. You can be a bystander and challenge somebody's behavior. There is something that we can do on a daily basis. And if we live in that, not that we have to resolve everything. We can organize our friends and our families. We can, s we can position ourselves in places that make us feel uncomfortable so that it challenges us to learn and broaden more. I mean, that's the space that I try to be in. And that's what I try to do. And that's what I ask other people to do. I think, um, you know, the, it is going to take a while. You know, patriarchy, sexism, misogyny, uh, homophobia, all of those didn't, racism, didn't, they didn't happen overnight. We need to actually call them out, but they also can be overcome. And they can be overcome by creating a more loving, generous, and, and uh, challenged world that allows us to be in conversation and doesn't allow us to just take people out. We actually have to start building out relationship with people. And my one last question, because I think that's a fantastic conclusion. Who's your role model? Who isn't my role model? So, you know, my role models are everyday, what I consider everyday feminists who are doing work to make the world look just a little bit better. And so it's, it's the people and it's the names that we often don't know, right? So it's my grandmother who passed away a few years ago. It's my aunt who was an organizer in the teachers union and a teacher for 35 years. It's my old Girl Scout leader who, you know, in a in a community that didn't have a lot of diversity was very intentional about inviting young women and girls of color into the conversation right it's my mother who on a daily basis is an entrepreneur and is trying to start up and teach young women and girls things about themselves and about starting their own businesses it is oftentimes for me the people we don't know about now i'll be completely honest i love worship and adore michelle obama i do think like there are lots of names out there that i think 
you know, many people would respect and, and honor. But I oftentimes say most activists, most advocates do their work because of the people they know, not because of the aspirations that they haven't become. Thank you so much for joining me, Teresa. It's been lovely to talk to you, Lucy. Thank you. I've been speaking with Teresa C. Younger. She is the president and CEO of the Miss Foundation for Women. Uh, she's here on campus for the Conference on World Affairs, which is in its 71st year this year. Uh, it goes through Saturday, and Teresa is on a number of panels, uh, so check her out. Um, the CWA schedule is online. I will be posting it in our SoundCloud as well. Uh, and you can learn all about her from that. Uh, my name's Lucy. I'm the news director. You've been listening to Radio 1190, 1190 AM, KVCU Boulder, Denver, 98.9 FM, Translator, K255DA Boulder. Uh, or maybe you're listening on Radio1190.org, where we're always streaming. Thank you so much for uh, listening to our special edition of News Underground. Uh, we'll be back for you very soon with some more uh, more CWA panelists uh, and then we'll see you again next week Monday 6 p.m. as always uh, this is Segway by Anemone on Radio 1190